0: From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Look at this. Uh, a fantastic view I have here from the first floor. Um, you wouldn't think it would be that good, would you, Milan, From
1: No, no, no. I, I would not, especially not recalling you having a window
0: uh, yeah. last time I was over
1: there. So miraculously,
0: <laughs> <you> have
1: a <laughs> million-dollar view.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I... I, I you might not have noticed, but I, I do have. <laughs> there are windows. Uh, we we can all live in a in a penthouse on the Upper West Side, John Lennon. Uh... Yeah, I actually said million dollar view. That's probably like a ten million dollar
1: view. You actually have a million dollar view. Well,
0: I, uh, Yeah, this is. A, this, I was just saying because you look like John Lennon. that uh, was. A, oh yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be a uh, a slight. It was. It was a slight slight though. It was so slight you didn't notice it. Anything with a beard and. And yeah and, and and well the glasses the round glasses too that's, oh yeah i guess yeah I guess, uh, now last time i saw you wearing glasses i didn't i don't remember them being quite like that yeah they were different they were plastic i
1: actually like those much better but they broke so uh i went to warby parker i heard about them where uh, you get for like 150 bucks you get a pair of glasses uh, the glass and everything that's and from uh china so you know slave labor that's yeah. uh
0: it has its advantages doesn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, now we're living through the disadvantage, you know, global pandemic. But,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I did, is that due to the slavery, you think, or is it, is it more due to the fact that they wanted us to all have uh, coronavirus?
1: If you're going to get a virus that's going to shut down the earth, it's most likely going to come, I believe, from a country that has uh, a lot of slaves as opposed to maybe a country that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to guess, you know, I'm not a professor on the matter. Uh, I the, guess the, like of course, that. they're
0: not official slaves.
1: I believe they have actual slaves. I think yeah. China does have a very serious slave problem, yeah. And this is not just based off the people in front of the UN with the the signs and the red paint splattered. all Wait, I'm con- you're, all
0: you're, con- the you're confusing me a little bit, uh, Volanya. You said they had like uh, a number of slaves, like a lot of slaves, and then you said they had a slave problem. I mean, which one is it? Do they have plenty of slaves or is there some sort of shortage? Hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know uh, they they still have them in Africa. Slaves. They still have slaves in a lot of places in the world. Mm-hmm. Middle East. Uh, they have slaves. Uh, you know, yeah. we we don't have any slavery here, though. Unless you listen to John McAfee, he says we're all slaves.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It sort of reminds me. I saw he he was on your on your uh, show. Uh uh-huh. Very interesting. Uh, person. Uh, I'm surprised that's not a big movie at his story
0: uh yeah right i mean there's a documentary but i didn't bring it up i didn't want to uh confront him with what i'd heard you know
1: yeah uh but it's sort of like when you listen to the unabomber where it's sort of like you know what he, he's actually making some sense there and the more sense he makes the less you want to listen because it's like i don't think he's supposed to
0: be making sense with what he's saying yeah you know? right, yeah it's like the first time you read the oklahoma city bombers uh you know manifesto and you're like oh, oh yeah God. when he's talking about waco and and all that stuff it's
1: like oh, the guy has a point and then you realize oh he blew up children you know you <sighs> a building.
0: it's like wait what the hell is going on here yeah there's you know even a, even I uh, what is it they say a broken clock is right uh, twice a day yeah. well actually something
1: I want to talk about because I just I, I'm always watching movies and looking to recommend movies I just uh, finally had a chance to watch Clint Eastwood's last movie Richard Jewell and absolutely have to recommend it I really love that movie
0: about wow. the,
1: the 96 uh, bombing and what happened
0: right yeah
1: Jewell following that where where he found the bomb, and ended up helping people, and then the FBI made him the the leading suspect, and the media, you know, turned him into the, the biggest terrorist in the country, and, and started to ruin his life. Uh, amazing movie, and and I don't think Clint Eastwood gets enough credit uh, as a filmmaker. I mean, this is right up there with the best of Hitchcock.
0: Really? Okay, that's fascinating. Now, uh, when did he get good at making movies? Do you think was he was he good I think from, from From the beginning? I mean, he was an actor in the beginning, of course, and then... uh, Yeah,
1: he started off as an actor. He was doing uh, TV in the 50s, and then, you know, like a lot of actors, he went over to Europe, and he started doing the spaghetti westerns with uh, Sergio Leone, and those were the movies that really, uh, you know, made him famous. Uh, the the trilogy that he did with Sergio Leone only, only a Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more, The, the Bad and the Ugly. Mm-hmm. And then he pretty much came back to America and just started recreating what he was doing there. I mean, you look at his first Westerns uh, that he did here uh, and that he directed, like uh, High Plains Drifter, it's pretty much, you know, him doing what he learned there. And, and it's great movies. And over time, he sort of went away from that, you know, Italian-Spanish style of Western filmmaking to more American tradition. That's when you get into like the eighties with Pale Rider, Unforgiven is.
0: It it's an amazing it movie. Is. I love, I love yeah. Unforgiven. You don't like it? I love it. Oh, I, love okay. it. I think his entire
1: yeah. career. I mean, the, the, this is the same director that Mystic River that did, you know, Space Cowboys, you know, any genre he touches, he, he, he does a great job. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think he gets enough credit because people know him as this sort of grizzled, dirty, hairy type character, but the guy, you know, regardless of how you define the word, he's an artist.
0: Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with the Dirty Harry stuff. That stuff's great. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. And mo- you know, more relevant now than ever. I watched it about two months ago and I was like, Dirty Harry is a great film. Where is he? Where's Dirty Harry? Yeah, I don't know. I we don't. Uh, yeah, he got fired, you know, for, for hate speech or something. <laughs> he has he, a block uh, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a uh, So, a Queens man allegedly hacked his mother to death with a meat cleaver. Yeah. Anybody who hacks his mother to death with a meat cleaver can't be all bad. Uh, Cops were called uh, to the seven story Woodside apartment building early Saturday morning for the assault, for an assault. When they got there, it was a bit more than an assault. They found a trail of blood and followed it all the way up to the fourth floor apartment of Carmelita Cabansang. Cabansang. Uh, Well, when they knocked on the door, they were greeted by Cabansang's son. That's David Galicia. And he was covered in blood. His next moves were even creepier. After letting the police inside, Galicia apparently walked over to his mom's lifeless body and lay on top of her.
1: It's not that easy to lay on top of a body, you know? He's already covered with blood. Yeah, it it seems like it's more of a production, I feel. I feel that's going for some attention there that's just unnecessary.
0: I see what you mean. Yeah, it's just a performative thing to try and get some sympathy. What have I done? Uh, and he lays on top of the body. Although, I don't know that that's the best way to garner sympathy, you know, from the police.
1: I'm curious if this, if this dude was, wasn't in Queens, if it was somewhere out in the Midwest where, where it's a lot less densely populated, would he be like Klemper, like a lot of these other serial killers? Because Klemper also, I think he killed his mom and wore her head as a hat or something. Oh. There was that whole story. So the, the mommy thing has some sort of uh basis in that
0: yeah you know uh it, it is an important relationship and maybe if he was in the midwest you would have laid on top of uh the mother's body before he killed her before yeah i mean well women first in the midwest you know it's much more polite out <laughs> <laughs> didn't he uh didn't klemper rape uh kemper or klemper I think it's Klimper.: Klimper, and uh, yeah, the, the only the only thing I know about him is from that stupid uh, FBI TV show about Yeah, Yeah, uh,
1: that's where I'm getting it also, which means I could be wrong with the name, but uh, great actor my, that plays that guy. Mine's oh my, better, God. yeah, yeah that especially when you when you look up the interviews of the actual guy, and he's exactly like that. And it's another thing where I said, you know, sometimes it's dangerous listening to people because I started listening to that guy, and I'm like, you know what? Sounds like a good time to hang out with this individual. He's very intelligent, well spoken. Yeah, has good opinions on things.
0: Yeah, yeah. He he seems like he's uh, realistic in the face of all the crazy shit that he did. He sounds like remarkably He knows he's kind up of, his mind. Yes, I, I killed her and then I, you know, and, and he, his speech is very, uh, it sounds smart but dumb at the same time, kind of. I guess it's, a, it's probably an affectation. I mean, that character uh, the, that goes with the young guy, the older FBI agent, I don't think he's grizzled enough, you know. He's just not, he's not gruff enough. the The older guy? Yeah, he's not quite gruff enough for me. I don't know. My issue with the show is, and
1: this is with any TV show, which is why I don't like watching them is because it starts off great. And it's not like a movie where there's a beginning, a middle and an end with a TV show by design. It's, well, this got, this has to be great so that we get picked up for another season. So we get picked up for another season. So we get picked up for another season. And if the person who started the show gets tired of or bored, they leave and then someone else just comes on board and everyone okays it because they want to keep the Ferris wheel of money going. Sure. And then, and then it's what were you pretty much watching you know at that point
0: it's you're, not you're, an
1: interesting story
0: you you you're clinging to the story in order to yeah. uh, just cuz I, I got so used to watching this had a habit did you see the the television program v from like 2009 2010 v is that the no i'm thinking of alien nation cuz oh, yeah. v was also an alien right it is it's a, it's a it's a bunch of aliens and it's uh Boy, it is possibly the best television series of all time. I don't like to overstate things, but I mean, it is, it's extraordinary. The acting is, is so wooden uh, on the part of the, the, the visitors, you know, and and that's enjoyable, you know, to watch. And really it's just everything that happens is to connect the action scenes where they have to fight. And, and, and that doesn't sound appealing, I'm aware, but uh, the, 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 you know, there's a great journalist character named uh, Chad Decker, you know, which is such an unreal name. They should have put a red pen through it. You know, Chad Decker, the most trusted name in news. And you know, they wanted to have one reporter to deal with the, these aliens. You know, they just parked the ship right there in New York. It's like out over all the, you know, buildings and stuff. It's, that's not a good place to leave the mothership. It was in it, front of Gallagher's 3000? Yeah. <laughs> Their fan belt was broken. <laughs>
1: you remember those commercials? <laughs> no. On Comedy Central, like, one in the morning, uh, alien spacecraft flies past Gallagher's The Strip Club 3000. Oh, okay. And they call their, whatever, the mothership, and they're like, oh, fan belt's broken. And you see the thing lands, and you see a bunch of aliens at a titty bar. That was, oh. that was the 90s. It was a good time.
0: Talking to Volan Trump here, filmmaker Volan Trump, maker of The Dirty Kind, which you can get. Uh, where it, I know it's, it's available in so many places. Is it uh, yeah. where's the, Where's the easiest place for people to get that? Amazon. If you
1: if you prefer DVDs, uh, which I recommend because there's a fantastic audio commentary track featuring myself and Pat Dixon over here. That's right. Uh, but you can watch yeah, on Amazon Prime. It's available in the UK and Amazon Prime on UK Film Channel, uh, and it actually got picked up by a bunch of libraries here in the in the US. So if that's where you get your your movies at the library, check out your local library when you're allowed to again in two thousand thirty-five.
0: Yeah, you know the libraries. I'm glad that you got picked up in libraries, and I hope you get a lot of people seeing your movie there—the uh, dirty kind. But I don't like libraries. I think that libraries should be bulldozed or just go ahead and convert them into homeless residences. I mean, they, they're there so much of the time City. anyway.
1: It's yeah. New York City. I mean, what's the, what's a library? It's a homeless shelter. What's a subway? It's a homeless shelter. Yeah, yeah.
0: We should keep the subway.